What's up, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Poll Talk. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm your co-host, Jarvi. And we are starting this podcast to inform you of all the misinformation that you may or may not heard for the last four years. So we pretty much want to talk about politics, local, state, and national, and pretty much inform you of like how it works, what's going on, and like who you know, like do you know who your mayor is, do you know who your governor is, things like that. So we hope you enjoy uh, what we have to offer. And just as a little background on the two of us, uh, I went to UL, majored in political science, uh, and I met Jarvie through one of our programs uh, on the campus called BMLA. And then again, work closely with him in the founding of Black Student Union or BSU on the campus. Again, my name is Jarvie. I went to McKinley Senior High, one of the most famous high schools in Baton Rouge. And it's one of the famous for allowing black students, one of the first schools to allow black students to integrate. Well, not integrate, be the first school to just allow them to go. And that started my political intrigue. Like I met Chris at UL with BSU and we just came along and had this idea to want to create a avenue for just a space to talk about politics as far as local, federal, and just like just advance the knowledge and not spread misinformation as far as that's going on in social media, whether it's through your family. And we wanted to just a neat little avenue for you guys to talk about it and hear or hear us talk about it in the sense of just two guys talking about it in like a barbershop setting. I was, you know, I was really appreciative. Chris, like one of the most knowledgeable people I know in politics. So just the fact of like being on here, two black men, like you said, to, ed, you know, to educate people with topics as far as like politics, people usually kind of think of politics as mundane, boring, boring. you know, <laughs> stuff like that. But it gets exciting, you know, especially at the, you know, seeing these last four years. So, so speaking of the last four years, for our first episode, we wanted to pick the topic of Donald Trump and his presidency. Who's that? So, <laughs> originally, uh, this podcast was supposed to debut in right before the inauguration of Joe Biden. And it, you will be hearing this in the last days of the Trump presidency. But by turn of events, uh, and thankfully... For us, because we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, there was a, a, a delay in getting this out, but Donald Trump and his presidency. What in, in one word, Jarvi? How? What would you use to summarize that presidency? I can't use one word. I mean, dysfunctional, but it just doesn't serve the purpose of like when we really go over what we went through. I always said, I was telling my dad, I told you this, anytime I talk to people about Donald Trump pregnancy, this is not normal. Like, it was just wasn't normal. So was like, when you used to wake up and it would be like, breaking news, Trump has uh, stopped the last thing, the last 45 presidents have done. Breaking news, Trump has slapped the baby on Pennsylvania Avenue. Like, it was something <laughs> always breaking news. It was something that he set the president for. And people used to always say, oh, he can't do that. He can't do that. But every time he used to do what, Chris? He always did it. He did what? And did people would act so shocked. But it, but they the problem was that they normalized it. It's just like right. the shock lasted all of, what, five seconds? And then yes. next thing is just like people just accepted it and move on. It's just like, oh, it's not the worst he can do. And then the next day, and I, I'm not even the next day, the next hour, if he does something <laughs> worse. So it was, it's just, it's just, you say, uh, you, you just said, what was it? Oh, dysfunctional. Dysfunctional. Hell. And I, 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 I'm still, I still can't find a word to, to pretty much encapsulate. Yeah, I was that. just, just dysfunctional because dysfunctional is not even, I don't think captures the magnitude of what it was. I, as of right now, the only word I can think of is just tragic. <laughs> just, it's, that's just tragic what just happened. But let me ask you this could we have saw that coming? Could we have saw Trump presidency coming? Like, 
you know, after Obama, after people said we was in a post-racial society, could we have saw that coming? Like, we should should we have been more precautious, you know, when it came to 2016 election? Because when I was going up to 2016 election, I don't know about you, that was the first time for me to vote. I didn't feel like it was going to be this. I thought for sure Hillary had in the back. I just, every step, everybody said, nah, he couldn't win. Nah. Yeah, going back to 2016, when he was first announced he was running, let's just say even when he announced that he was running, it was weird. <laughs> Because I, I will never forget, it's just he had it at, I think, a casino or one of his hotels. Uh, and it just came, he just descended down that, that escalator, <laughs> him and Melania, his wife, just down that escalator. And it's just so stiff, so rigid, and just went up to the microphone. And I think, is that the one, is that the time where he called Mexicans rapists too? I think he did. I think and he- that, uh, like, that was just the start of, like, what is happening. That's that's all I could say is just what is happening. And then knowing like political pundits and political science, everybody was like, oh, yeah, he said that. There's no way uh, he's going to be president. But he just kept going and going and going and just just through the I, I guess the fluke of the system is what he was. Mm-hmm. He just made it all the way to uh, being the presidential candidate for Republicans. And it's just like. Ah, well, it's Hillary. Hillary Hillary Clinton was literally the most qualified person I'm to be president. I'm glad you said that. The only thing that she had against her was that she was a woman. But she was the most qualified person in U.S. history to be president. Like, she was a senator. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was former first lady, so she had that White House experience. She was the former secretary of state. So she had the experience, so you can't use that against her, but... Everyone thought that, that yeah, there's no way she can lose. Like I, I still remember that night. It's just or not really that night, but leading up to election night, 2016, how people were saying it's just like, oh yeah, Hillary has like a 98 percent chance of winning this election, and then election night happened, and boom, boom, boom. Like key states that was supposed to be going for Hillary was going for Trump, and I was just like, I don't what's happening it's just like it was just like malfunction in my mind it was just like this can't be real because it's just like there's no way that this man is going to be the next president and then sure enough they called it for him and it's just like i just said to myself it's like so this is what Mitt romney supporters felt like when obama got elected (laughs) re-elected so it's just like it was just I, i just felt that emotional pain of this woman not being the next president and us not having the next president being a woman. Right. Uh, and then when you look back into it, it's like everything she had planned and set up went for her acceptance speech that did not happen. It was, it was really, like I said, tragic. I, 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 I still can't get over that. I still can't get over Like you said, like you, you said it the best. Like I can't be getting over being in my bed that night after I voted. I'm like, oh, okay, we got this in the bag. Like we was, you know, it was good. I can't, like, forget how I felt that night. And that was the first time I ever felt something about politics. Like, it just felt like the first election of my lifetime that had consequence. Like, I don't really remember having, I don't remember John Kerry and George Bush. I didn't care about that. I didn't care about uh, Bush versus Gore, even though I should have. But, <laughs> but I was too little at the time. But I cared about Obama winning. But even then, I didn't understand the magnitude of that. So, that election was the first election of consequence I felt like in my life. And I, I started, you know, reading up on stuff and all that. But I didn't have to read up on stuff because I knew what this man was about. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't think it was going to happen. And to this day, I think we were overconfident. I actually had a cousin that was on her campaign team. And he said they all thought that they had it in the back. Yeah. Nobody else. Like, I'll never forget funniest story. It was after Donald Trump had won and we met him me, my brother, and we met my cousin downtown. And we were just going downtown, just, you know, just chilling. Like, he had, we haven't seen him in, like, three whatever years, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it was like, all right, you know, Hillary's Laws was talking about that. I was like, we was like, so what next? He was like, I got to find a job. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I, I didn't know what it was. I was like, dang, I'm, I'm thinking about the consequences and stuff like that. And he was like, nah, man, like, that changed, that, that set the president for a lot of things going as bad as it was, as far as like they told me the president, like with Donald Trump president is what I'm talking about. It's like they said they showed me the president has more power than I ever thought. Mm-hmm. And so it showed me that the Senate, uh, 
with, you know, if if it's their guy, say if it's Republicans, even if it's bad, even if they criticize him beforehand, they're going to stand up for him because it's like, our supporters, they support us, support him, so we got to support him. And it just showed me how, um, I don't even know the word to describe the government, how much it bends toward something like that. But then I have to start thinking, like, was that an anomaly or was that something we're going to, you know, seen before? Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Well, so by, if on paper, it's, it's supposed to be an anomaly. Ah. <laughs> it's cool. But it's a fluke, pretty much, mm-hmm. uh, on paper. But I think this is like a culmination of a plan over the last couple of decades of the Republican Party that have all come to a head. Like, literally, the last four years, the Republican Party controlled literally all three branches of government. Like, they control the House and the Senate in the legislature branch, the presidency of the of the executive branch, and towards the, I want to say the second, second year of his presidency, he controlled the Supreme Court. So, literally all three branches of government was controlled by one party. So... People always wonder, it's like, well, how is it, how was he able to get away with all this? And literally, he was able to get away with all that because the checks and balances that was put in place in the Constitution just was not checking and balancing right. his power. So I never thought about that when you just said that, like, all that was set up for the majority. Of yeah, so, yeah. like I said, it wasn't something that happened overnight. Like, yeah. I, it, me, uh, I, with my political background, I kind of saw it coming. Uh, but I Why didn't want us, Chris. You should have told. <laughs> you should have told CNN. <laughs> I, I I kind of saw it coming, but I didn't know it was going to happen as soon as it did. I was going right. to. I especially after Obama uh, was on his way out, I I I was one of those people that got really safe and confident that Hillary was going to win, mm-hmm. and I was just like, ah, oh, it's not going to be Donald Trump. It's going to be some dangerous Republican president. Uh, well, not president, but Republican candidate. But I didn't. I really did not expect Trump. But when he won, it's just like, well, they, they, they didn't did it. They done it. Uh, so I was gonna say, surely though, maybe some of like the center moderate Republicans might be the one who checks and balance and everything. But right. sure enough, they didn't. Um, we assume good qualities on people that we would thought they would see all this BS that's going on and be like, hey, you know, that's not right. Let's, you know. Nah, they was like, nah, we riding it. I've never yeah, seen it, it in my life. They like, they, that like way. a lot of them that you thought was going to be outspoken in public was outspoken in private and supported right. him in public. Right. Uh, so that was that was that was very a wild moment for the country. So, uh, but yeah, it's just that the things that happen at presidency. It's just like another thing that I was I would point out is just like it always felt like like time dragged on. Like mm-hmm. something outrageous will happen in January, and then by the time the end of February happened, where it's becoming March, you had five different things that didn't happen to the point where it's just like, oh yeah, this event happened like two months ago or a month ago, and it's just like that felt like that was like two years ago, My, because it's just yeah. so much has happened. So it's just it's just uh, it's tra- uh, tragedy is the only thing I can I can really say. Mm-hmm. Happening with their presidency. What What do you think was like the uh, top? I don't know. Top five worst moments of Trump presidency. I I have a list that I, I based off of, but I just have some ideas. I want to see what you you know how you feel about that. I want to say the most tragic moment for me was probably the family separation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people that don't know, uh, where they had. Uh, illegal immigrants that was crossing the border uh, and refugees coming into the United States across the border. Basically, um, what Border Patrol did along with ICE, um, ICE is a, uh, I want to say, I think they're a Department of Homeland Security Department. I think so, because, yeah. Yeah, I think they're a gang. (laughs) (laughs) I think they fall under Homeland Security, but pretty much... What the ICE um, officers did was they would detain these families that they found crossing the border or crossing the United States and pretty much detain them 
and they would separate the parents uh, from the kids. And like the parents would go in, into one, they call them detention centers, uh, go into one detention center and the child will go into another one. And then they will wait trial to see what would be done with them uh, and when they would be deported back to their country. Um, so to me, that was the worst because you were literally separating children from their parents. And then the sad part is now that the Trump presidency is over, there's still hundreds, if not thousands of kids that don't know where their parents are or hundreds, if not thousands of kids that have been deported back to the country that they were fleeing from and their parents are still in the United States. So mm-hmm. I think that's the saddest and most disappointing moment of their presidency. Uh, and then a close second would probably what happened with Puerto Rico and Hurricane Maria. Oh my God! I even forgot about that yeah. one. I, I even I even think about that one in my list. Dang, I forgot so, about that. Uh, since we since we live in Louisiana, everybody knows hurricane season happens over the summer and into uh, the beginning of November. But basically, with Maria, what happened is uh, I think a Cat Four, Cat Five hurricane hit. Uh, Puerto Rico, which is a U.S. territory, so those are U.S. citizens, mm-hmm. uh, and pretty much devastated the island. Uh, I'm talking about no power, no food. The roads were pretty much washed away in um, in the storm and everything. And basically, Puerto Rico was forgotten about um, by the Trump administration. So pretty much there were people that died. There were people that starved. Uh, there were people that were injured and needed uh, medical attention, but couldn't get it and possibly died because there was no power and there's no infrastructure. So, like I said, that's that's that comes second to me as one of the worst things that Trump had did. Yeah, I'm I'm getting sad thinking about that because I forgot about that. But um, you, you want to know what mine was the top right. worst moments or whatever? Um, just think about it. Like what I was really I really realized I'm like this president. Like there's no redeeming him. Charlottesville. Remember yes. twenty? What it was twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen? I think it was. Yeah, 20, it was early in his presidency. Yes, that that feels like a decade ago. At that this does. Point. That really does. That That's does. how bad it was when he, the lady died when she was killed by the counter was killed by counter protesters or whatever. Well, she was a counter protester and they killed the lady. And when they asked him, she was a, ran, ran over, right? Yeah, she was ran yeah. over by a car. They asked him at the press conference, I think it was the very first press conference afterwards. It was like, how do you want to describe And he started rambling like he usually do, but he literally described him as very fine people. Yes, fine people on both sides. On both sides. The so, both sidism that you see still then, to this day. If I remember correctly, I think it took him, like, that happened on a Saturday. Because I remember yes. hearing about it on the weekend. It I think it happened over. on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And he didn't actually address it until, like, what, a week? Yes. A week and a half later? Yes, with Steve Bannon in his, you know, in his, you know, in his administration. Mm-hmm. I thought once I saw that, it's never been a time in U.S. history, well, modern U.S. history, where it was controversial to support a president. Mm-hmm. There's never been a time where even if we Bush, you still got Iraq War right after that or whatever. But honestly, people was rocking with Bush right after uh, 9-11, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, the like, came you can say really what was worse with turning people against Bush was Hurricane Katrina. But there's never been a time where you can say, oh, I support the president. And it was literally a controversy. Companies would literally pull ads with his name on that because they knew how controversial he was. Companies would literally stop, you know, like, hey, this is stopping our consumers. It was never a time that I've ever seen that before a president. And that's where I feel like it stopped. Where I was like, okay, this is serious. Like, because you look to the president in moments of, uh, you know, disaster for clarity, mm-hmm. for reassurance, mm-hmm. for you know, taking care of his body of people. And the fact that he said that and he both looked us dead in the eyes and said that, it just can't, you know, I can't respect that ever. And that's that's what let me know. I was like, we just on our own. But you know, you have people that are like, oh, politics don't affect me. Federal politics don't affect me. That to me showed me right there, like what his uh, word goes and what his policies go by, that affects you. When he yeah. has that kind of sense where he doesn't see humanity in black people or the the cause that they're standing for, that affects you because it literally seeps down into his administration and what they're gonna do. And I don't know, I just that was that was a that was a tough, tough, tough time. And my second, of course, I think everybody should say this, how he handled this pandemic. How yes. he handled the coronavirus. I think really that could be somebody's top. But like you said, I didn't even think about that because you ask somebody from a different um, you know, region, they could be like, 
I mean, Hurricane Maria or something like that because that was greatly affected by them or the Muslim travel ban mm -hmm. or, you know, Russia, uh, the Russia interference that he lied about or, you know, you could go on and on calling uh, football players sons of bitches for kneeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we can go on and on, but I think, you know, how this coronavirus has greatly affected, which I think that's probably what lost him the presidency. I really think if we didn't have coronavirus, he'd still be president, to be honest. Probably. Yeah, probably, right. but thankfully he's not. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> By the power that be, right. like, Joe Biden is now president. Joe would be. Um, but there, there, I really just don't understand. It's just like, how is one man capable of so much destruction? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... On top of that, be the president of the United States. That It was the first time I've seen I asked older people. I said, has it ever been controversial to support the president? It was at this time. If somebody said, yeah, I support Ronald Reagan. Yeah, black people at the time be like, ah, you, you lost or whatever. But it never was a time to say you supported the president of the United States. Now it's con it, was, it was controversial for you to support the president. If you said that, you was out. People yep. was like, you seen what happened to Lil Wayne? You yeah. see, like, you know what I mean? Like, you was out. Like, you was just whatever, canceled. And I don't even believe in that. But as soon as you said that, you was canceled. Well, not everybody was, because Coach O said something, and nobody said nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go Tigers. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's just like, there's, there's just so many. And now that he's out of office, it's, it's real funny to see how many people are trying to distance themselves from him. It's like, oh, yeah, I never did that. That's or right. if I did do it, it's just like, oh, it's in the past now. Let's move on. Like, they are really trying to, they being Republicans, are really trying to, like, turn that page, so to speak, on Trump and move forward. Double speak, you know? And so, I see y'all on Tiger dropping, trying to, you know, <laughs> talk about they Believe remember. it or not, I have never been on, I've been on Tiger dropping, so I've never actually been on Oh, you got to go. Well, it's boring now. I was, they had the, uh, they had a whole election thread that said election 2020 thread. And uh -huh. this was well past, uh, you know, November, what is it, November 3rd, I think that's what the day was. Yeah. Whatever the election day was, it was well past it. Even when we knew Biden had won, they kept that thread open until, guess what day? <laughs> Probably inauguration day. No. Oh, uh, what? You know, right before January 6th. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's the day. That's funny. After that. We're going to get to that later. Yeah, though. we could definitely get in there, but I just thought that was funny. But they, um, going back to your point, they, there's anybody that's like distancing themselves away from President Trump afterwards, like they're supposed to like candidates, like mm -hmm. uh, Bill Cassidy, you know how Bill Cassidy said, yeah, the election's over, pretty much whatever. Like he, uh, he, they, oh, the people on the uh, tiger dropping, they would be like, "Nah, we're gonna primary him. Like, <laughs> like we're not, we're not, uh, we're not supporting him if he's not gonna support Trump. Like, they really are trying to create their own party. I find that hilarious. That's that's funny because now that Trump is out, um, people are really talking about that MAGA is might be the newest political party in the United States. Uh, like, that's how much. Um, Trumpism has set in American politics. It's just like, go Trump or go home. Trumpism. Yes. Have, I mean, but have we ever seen that before? Like, do you, that's another thing mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, ask before we got, do you think we will see another Donald Trump? Do you think that was, a, yes. like, when I was saying an anomaly, so you think that was, so, okay, uh, 2024, you know, re-election. Out of all these Republican candidates you can see, who's going to gather up the supporters like Donald Trump did Outside of him, I'm not even worried about him. I don't think he should. I think that he did enough damage and his to himself at the end where I don't think he would win the nomination. He might. I don't know. But I'm saying, out of all the Republican candidates you see, do you think any of them is going to gather up that, like, galvanize? Like, I think, like, you know. I believe there is a candidate. Who that candidate is, I don't know yet. But I see, like, I see the seeds of who it may be now. Um None of them have have kind of like sprouted out as the front runner, mm -hmm. but there there are some people in American politics that are trying to harness like his supporters and what he stood for. Uh, but please don't say Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz actually is one of them. Oh my god! Uh, but nobody, even white people, don't like him. They don't even really like him. Ted, uh, that that's a. Uh, 
if you <laughs> they don't like him. Pretty much if you had if you look up ass kisser in the dictionary, <laughs> that's pretty much a picture of Ted Cruz right next to that definition. They do not like this guy. And I'll say that for a lot of them. They didn't they didn't like Donald Trump. They didn't but it doesn't matter if it seems like the supporters. Like that's why you see it a lot of people challenging the election up until the point where it wasn't cool to challenge the election because people literally died through mm-hmm. the Capitol riots. But well, once yeah, we'll get back to yeah, that. Yeah, right, right, right. We, go, we're yeah, we're but, calling that the three Wednesdays of January. Right. Oh my God. But I'm saying that to say, like, the supporters were the, in my opinion, most susceptible to racist propaganda. I won't call them the that's unfair to them because I don't know them. But they're the politicians know what galvanizes them. And mm-hmm. they've seen that with Trumpism. They've seen that with MAGA. They've seen that as in, okay, this is what gets y'all going. Oh, if I support Donald Trump, y'all gonna come back in 2022 to vote for me. You know? Yep. So, uh, literally, I, I can I can really see, like, there are some people that wrote in to Congress now on Trumpism. But the thing about it is, like, they bet it on Trump being the president, and he's not. So now they're kind of like, yeah, it's they're kind of like sticking out like sore thrones, uh, so to speak. But we'll see. Like I said, uh, the next presidential election is four years from now, and a lot can happen. As we can see in four years, yeah. Uh, so we'll see who emerges for the front runner because, uh, based on what happened in the last three Wednesdays in January, Ted Cruz is in some hot water. He is. He really is. But I just I don't see a candidate right now. But I know it's so early. I don't see a candidate right now that's gonna galvanize. They they I've never seen since what Reagan. This is the most popular candidate they had. Like you got what Tom Cotton. You got uh, what's what's the other? Uh, it's a woman. She's from South Carolina. I can't think of her name, but you got people like that. You got oh, the, the governor of, of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Yeah, Ron DeSantis. Uh, um, who else? You have those guys. They're cool, but after Trumpism, everything changed. Like I keep saying, it wasn't normal. It really wasn't normal. Like when you seen how people had, they didn't have. You know, Republican Party, they had Trump on their car. They had a yes. Trump flag bigger than their yes. truck on their car, mm-hmm. you know, and that changed the election, in my opinion. We had Obama stuff. We had had that, the yes, we can. But we, you know, Republicans found something that galvanized even, like, the deepest of their supporters, the most racist of their supporters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, he tapped into that, which is, you know, old. Speaking of that, that yeah. what they ta- tapped in, do you consider... MAGA to be a cult. Yes. By every they have, if you look at a cult, what a cult is and you look at Donald Trump supporters, they match everything that a cult is. Yeah, like on Tiger Dropper. I was trying to infiltrate them to see what was up. I was trying <laughs> to be like the spy and all that. I really was. I got on there and made a profile. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you remember the lady that was contesting the election uh, who said she had the Kraken? Uh, what was her name? That lawyer? Um, uh, Sidney Powell, I think. Yeah, Sidney Powell. Yeah. I made a post after they was found out that she was full of BS. I put it on there. You know they blocked me off a of tiger dropper <laughs> because if you said I looked, I was looking at all the the posts, all the forums. If you say anything about Trump, anything negative, you got downvoted by like you have like one upvote, two upvotes, like eighty five downvotes because like you said, it's a cult. If you say anything criticizing him, unless it's like just to the point where it's so objective they can't deny it, they they is like, no, nah, you a hater. You're not with us. You 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 out of here. You know. It's always funny how sometimes I watch those interviews of um, of news reporters or investigative journalists like talking to a Trump supporter and they hit him with facts and it's just like, well, he said this. And then it's like, no, no, he didn't. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, but I have it on video and I just played it for you. And it's just like, that's fake. They, they love to hit they you with the fake news. They look you dead in your eyes and tell you that's not what he said and that's so exactly what, what he said. What's so funny is I, I, I was on scrolling through Twitter not too long ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say earlier this week, uh, and I saw a video of a woman protesting during uh, Joe Biden's inauguration, saying uh, saying that Trump is still the president and stuff like that. And the journalist was like, "We're but Trump's not president. We're literally at the inauguration of Joe Biden." Mm-hmm. And then while he was talking to her, you can hear the crowd in the background cheering because Joe Biden just took the oath of office that made him president. And she, he was just like, oh, it sounds like uh, Joe Biden's president now. He just took the oath. And she was like, nope, it's not true. And it's just like, you literally just heard them. <laughs> and it's just like, nope, Trump's, Trump's still the president. He's going to come in and save the day. And it's just like, but no, he isn't. You literally just witnessed and heard 
him come yeah. in and take the oath of office. And she's like, nope, Trump's God's president. It's God's chosen president. Oh and it's just like, God. wow, that's what we're dealing with right now. But do we have those supporters like that? We have them right around you and things like that. One thing that struck me about the election is like, even, you know, I always tell people, I, ha- I don't have a problem with a conservative. I don't have a problem with a Republican. But like you said, with MAGA, that changed everything because you didn't know if these people were really, you know, really supporting MAGA, everything he say, or they was like just regular Republicans. Like, okay, I just want my guy to win and he's my guy. So the thing is, like, okay, all these things that happened bad in 2020, you know, George Floyd summer, as I like to call it, uh, was Jacob Blake was over the, I don't think it was over the summer, but it was over, it was in 2020. It was all, these things, all these bad things that happened. When I used to go to work, I worked with predominantly white people, to be honest. And they all, we were really cool. Like, I have no problems with them. Anytime these bad things happen, like these things we will all say, like no matter what your creed, color, or whatever, would say were bad, they would say nothing. You know, the only time they was finally talked about something, they when they it was realizing that Trump had lost, they was in the break room really was like, I guess we gotta go to this. I guess, you know, I don't I don't agree and all that. And that's the first time they ever said their interest. And I found that interesting. They 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 were, you know, wanted to be vocal about this, but never said anything. So my point is the saying is like, how do we feel about moderate Republicans now? Like, do we did you ever or did it ever you always felt like they was gonna be like that regardless? Me, I felt like you could be redeemable. I could be your friend of a Republican, but at this point, I don't know. Like, are we just, you know, off of them? It, so when it came to moderate Republicans, to me, is moderate Republicans can be redeemable. Um, it just depends on if they be if they decide to be just outspoken enough mm-hmm. to to say something. But it really all comes down to like how like you could be a Republican, but it comes to how you feel about as they say, America's greatest sin, racism. So they don't want to talk about that. But <laughs> there are some Republicans that will admit some stuff, but still, it, it all boils down to that. It was not to not years ago. Yeah, not like, to not to bring it up, but at the end of the day, that's always the conversation to be had. Is uh, and what's going to form your opinion on matters like that uh, is what is your stance on race in America? Well, in all be all question, can we? Just easily say Trump is racist and just call yes. it or it's like yes. okay. Because yes. when I say that and you when you see that on social media or you said people be like, How? What did he say one thing that was racist? Um he called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas. Yes. He called uh shit people from, you know, those uh what it was, Haiti and other those countries he called a shithole countries. Yes, he he pretty much called the black Caribbean countries and South African countries. Shitholes, pretty much. <laughs> you call Mexicans rapists and yeah, thieves. Yeah, Mexicans rapists. So um, I have a lot of evidence. He just didn't say the N word. We just don't have him on. You know, we just don't but, have. Him. Uh, allegedly, <laughs> there is tapes of him saying it, but it's sure. it never surfaced. But I'm sure. I remember that pop up. Like there are tapes uh, of him saying it. Donald Trump was on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That tell you how far ago like that. Like it feels like Donald Trump was at one point. They liked him. Like he was like yes. you know how like like that tells you how. Or it's changed from his opinion, even though we still have evidence back then that he was racist. Yeah. Like so, but I I I don't know. But um but while we're on this topic, yeah. we we mentioned it a few times here and there before, but let's talk about what people are calling the three Wednesdays of January. So January, let me let me pull up a calendar just so I now you put like me on. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't heard them refer to this, but yeah, I have a feeling I know like what you're talking some people about. have referred to it as the three Wednesdays of January. So we mm. had Wednesday, January sixth, which was the insurrection, the insurrection where the Trump supporters pretty much stormed the Capitol. Then you had January thirteenth, uh, which is all. It's the second Wednesday, which is when the House convened to impeach Donald Trump. Mm. Uh, for the second time, so that makes Donald Trump the only president in U.S. history to be impeached twice. He deserved that title greatly. Greatly. And then you got January 20th, which was the inauguration of Joe Biden. So insurrection, impeachment, inauguration, the three Wednesdays of January. I was about to go forward with something, but I ain't going to say it. <laughs> I think coming up with thoughts right then and now, I don't think it's going to land, that joke. But um, what are you, are you asking me, like, how do I feel about it? Yeah, so let's start with the insurrection. Um, I, I think this is going into the future. This is going to be one of those where were you moments. So where were you when they stormed the Capitol? On Tiger dropping. 
<laughs> I'll just <laughs> um where was I during the six? So I was at the I had to be at the office. Oh no, I went back. I was working from home. I can't remember, but all I remember is seeing angry white people climbing the wall, unathletic white people climbing the wall, <laughs> um, all on social media. And I thought, I, I honestly, I, I this, this is my problem. Mind. I I kind of think things are just gonna blow over. I thought it was just gonna be all oh, day by the protest and go home. They just cold and looking stupid. Yeah. Because honestly, this is, if you want to know my honest opinion, that was the most predictable. Um, terrorist act that we ever had in American history. Mm -hmm. That's what I really do feel like. Because if I saw that these people were kept saying on social media, it's like, hey, we're going to go to the D.C. and protest the election results. And we're going to let them know how we feel. We don't want them to certify the votes. I've seen that everywhere. You're telling me the police officers. You're telling me if on social media, where you could, if you say a, 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 a curse word or you threaten the life of a politician, they will, police will, the local police will come to your house. I've seen that happen to one of my friends. You telling me all this information was out here showing that we were, hey, we was coming here and something was probably going to be happen. Nobody thought to bolster the security. They had most security for when uh, police kill, uh, you know, when they announced the results that they're not going to prosecute the uh, cops for killing black people. Mm -hmm. They have more police for that. It was like, hey, police is ramping up for this. So you telling me that they didn't see this happening on the certification of votes, even though everybody else could see it. So I just remember watching my TV thinking, oh, man, this is, I thought it was bad, but it, I I kind of got desensitized to it because I'm like, I didn't think it was bad. It wasn't until I seen that these cops were, you know, afterwards, you know, they killed themselves mm -hmm. and I seen how bad it was and it really could have got worse when we really think about it. So yeah, so what do you, how, how did you feel when you saw that? So I was sitting in, I was at work sitting in my office and I had CNN playing on the background. And because I had wanted to watch it to see what kind of dr like dramatic stuff was going to go down while they certified the results in the Senate. And sure enough, earlier that day in D.C., like Donald Trump had like a rally style speech to right. all his supporters and, and pretty much was saying this and saying that I had missed it. I didn't pay that much attention to it. Like I said, I pretty much tuned in for the, the like the reading and see if they was going to object to this and that and how it's going to play out. Yeah. I think that's what my attention was too. Cause now I'm really, I really was working from home. And yeah. so then I was at the same time I was scrolling through Twitter and I was seeing about how like this building has been evacuated. That building has been evacuated. Uh, and these are like congressional buildings, like the places where the congressmen like have their offices and stuff like that. Uh, they were evacuating this building or locking down that building. So I was just like, wow, that's really crazy. Uh, and so then it became more so where you can see on TV, it's just like, oh yeah, now the protesters are moving to like this part of the Capitol lawn and stuff like that. And then next thing you know, it's just like, like they're on the steps of the Capitol and it's just, it just got progressively worse. And you start seeing them like move in to the Capitol and, like the senators and the vice president and all that stuff, they got, they pretty much recessed, took a break from it and they rushed the vice president out. And then next thing I know, I'm watching on CNN uh, at my desk, people like taking pictures and uh, I don't know if you've been to DC inside the Capitol. No, I never got, no. Uh, but there's this place called Statutory Hall where they have like two statues from every state. It's supposed to be all iconic, everything like mm -hmm. that. I'm watching people in with Trump flags and, uh, MAGA hats and stuff like that take pictures in there and uh, then they move into the rotundra which is where the dome of, of the capital and stuff is where all the paintings and everything and where if you're famous and stuff like that where you lie in state um, so I saw them in there and I was just like wow this is really crazy like they really got people inside the capital where while senators and congressmen and the vice president the second in line <laughs> Uh, is there? So, so, not to cut you. I'm sorry. How did that make you feel? I was just like, it really made me think. It was like, how did this happen? Because of course, as you said, like back when they had the protests over the summer, uh, in DC, like they literally had like the National Guard, mm -hmm. uh, the Army, uh, and helicopters and police force, like in full riot gear, and pretty much made it look like DC would look like a war zone. Uh, when they have, were having a protest and then it's just like the United States Capitol building, the seat of what they call the seat of democracy in the free world. Mm 
mm-hmm. is being raided by these Trump supporters with absolutely nobody to stop them. Thugs. So it's just like, um, it's just like, wow, this I'm this is literally history. Yeah. That I'm watching on live TV right now. I, so it, that that was really, really crazy. I, um I, I don't I don't that just that was terrible. It like, was. It, it, I, I, I'm still kind of speechless about that. And then, um, as you said, the details are in, in the weeks later after it is coming out. So we only saw what we saw on TV, but right. they actually have like reports that were sent to congressional members and stuff like that of what went on inside of the Capitol. And it is from what I hear from it, it was a lot worse than what we saw on TV. Like uh, they literally had police officers beaten. Uh, they literally had uh, offices raided, uh, stuff stolen, mm-hmm. um, like threats against Congress. Like they, like these people at terrorists, as you say, stormed the Capitol and literally had the intent to murder. Yeah, people of the government, like congressmen and senators of the United States government. That's so it's mm-hmm. that's just to allow that to happen is just crazy. Yeah, I'm. You hit the. You hit it right on the nail, Chris. Like, I'm still okay. Like I said, when I first saw it, I was kind of lethargic to it. I tell you, that's my problem. I see things and I'm just like, I I underreact to it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the next day, as we hear these details, that I got angry. I really yeah. did. Got I, I got really angry at work the next day because I'm thinking about just how the circumstances were changed or the fact of how these people had a threat to their life for just the most random reason ever when this person lost. I I think the craziest story that I heard was that there's this one Democratic member of the House. Mm -hmm. He is a retired Army Ranger. Um, He's a retired Army Ranger, and he didn't make it out of the House chamber in time, so he actually had to take shelter in the chamber and protect other members because I think he was like on an upper level or something like that. So he had to take shelter with other members. And I think they were all uh, women. And he literally said, based on his former army training, he was ready to take like a a normal ballpoint pen and use it as a weapon to stab supporters uh, to defend himself and the rest of the uh, congressional members in the, in the chamber. So it's just like, I find that to be, Though the wildest thing, like he was really ready to put his survival tactics in use. Like that's how scared they were. Yeah. And that's how close they were to being hurt. Yeah. We're not, we're not considering that these people really could have lost their life. Like one of the stories I heard, I I don't know if it was from a Republican member or a Democrat member, but she was like, she told her husband before she left to go to DC today. Um, I'm, I've gotten my will ready because they're probably going to kill us tomorrow. Like she told her husband that the day before. Um, this just tells you, like I said, it was very predictable. Another thing I heard, some of the journalists or the interns that was working for these uh, congressional members or the Senate members, mm-hmm. they were, um, you know, in the confusion of all things, you can't identify, the police can't identify, oh, are you a counter, you know, are you a prote- protester, who to protect or all that, because some people don't have identification. Yeah. This girl who was an intern for this correction or a journalist, I can't remember, the police pointed their guns at her like, freeze, we don't know who you are. And they literally was going to shoot this lady. They told her to get on the floor. It was screaming at her. They were going to kill this lady. And so the only reason you know they stopped her because other journalists recognized her. Like, hey, she's not a protester. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, they could have been friendly fire killing. That's how much confusion, how um, just under, just not under control they had it. Like, they, I know they didn't show it. Like, everybody seen it on TV, it showed yeah. they just didn't have it on control. But how could this happen? We're supposed to be the most powerful country in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. Or at least so they say. And we allowed... You know, dude from Home Depot to come down here with uh, a bow and arrow, <laughs> yes. some Crocs, and uh-huh. you know, and he infiltrated inside uh, uh, the chamber, you know, House of Chambers. I cannot believe that happened because we all know as black people, and people can say, "Oh, why are you making a racial element?" We all know what would happen it, if we were there. It's funny because another thing is like in the aftermath of the coverage later that that afternoon into the evening. Um, I I was listening to CNN and CNN was making that comparison too, and they actually asked the mayor, it's just like, if these were Black Lives Matter supporters, would the police have been this lax, or would they be have mm. treated this the same way? So it's just like 
CNN was one of those uh, news stations that was calling uh, calling out the double standard, and still to this day, because it's still on their mind about it, um, they still are talking about the double standards uh, between the Trump supporters and the Black Lives Matter supporters. Yeah. So it, it's I just, try to give them credit. Just sometimes I be feeling like it's just convenient when they want to use it. You know what I mean? Like MSNBC, they drove that point head on like oh if this is black people or black people we know i feel like everybody black you know who's always known that black people yeah it's like y'all are just getting privy five years ago. i didn't know it was that bad you know like it's like black people we have a finite you know infinite amount of knowledge that we know of what we cannot do yeah like, so that's the difference it, between black people and white people with power it, it always gets me about how whenever something like this happens mm. you always see it like that famous like white journalists or white person and stuff like that say tweet out or send some messages on social media. It's like, this is not who we are. And it's just like, <laughs> yes, it is. So where you been? Right. I think that's the best way to describe it. We've, we've been this way. So I just think it's funny. It's like black people always know what we cannot do. But if you ever hang with your white friends, you realize they don't look at life that way. They look at it as like, some, wait, I can't do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're going to look at it like, no, I can do this. Like they're going to do things. That you're not you like whoa, whoa, whoa I don't I can't do that and they're like yeah, well, yeah like yeah. so we know what we can and cannot do so okay one thing I just want to ask too before we get to next Wednesday of the three Wednesdays do you is it fair to make this another racial element to this like do you do you think the Capitol riots is it is it based off race or is it based off of what what it, what is it based off of I think well you know what I mean it, it's really complex but I think at at is root it is race but mm-hmm. the tale of two americas and race in america is a topic for another episode oh so we gotta save our material for another day talk about it all day man but uh moving on from that wednesday so a week later on the 13th the house reconvened and pretty much impeached trump and his article impeachment was incitement of an insurrection uh, so how do you feel about that Okay, initially, and I'm still on the fence on it. I didn't see the point because I'm like, this guy's about to leave in seven days. I'm not one of them like, oh, the America's already divided. I'm just tired of giving this dude coverage. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of him dominating our minds, our peripheral vision, whatever you want to call it. I'm so tired of talking about 45, Trump, <laughs> whoever it is, I'm so tired. Let him go. Let that man go with his bad <laughs> wig. Like, let it go. I'm so tired. So that's my thing. It's, it's more so not so of, like, the political aspect of it. It's just more so of, like, uh, you know, uh, fatigue. Yeah. That's where to describe it. I have a lot of fatigue talking about that topic. I usually don't even address him by his name on my um, my Twitter or on his social media. I just don't care about the guy. After I've seen that first break, no, the first 10 breaking news he had mm-hmm. of his presidency, which was probably in the first week, I was like, I'm tired of hearing about it. Y'all got him out of there yet? If y'all ain't got him out of there, I don't want to talk about him no more. Yeah. That was my thing. So my thoughts on it yeah, is I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of on the fence too. Well, I'm not on the fence. It's just like I can see I, – I hate being devil's advocate, but I see both sides. On one hand, it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, if he do this, we got to get him out of here. But right. me knowing the process of impeachment and the trial and stuff like that, I was just like, what's the point? He only has seven days left. But at the same time, in the mindset, since all these people just literally had their lives flashed before their eyes a week ago, they was just like, yeah, we got to get him out of here. Right. Um, I think that's the best point to say why I see why. Because literally these people were threatened, as you've seen on Twitter today, and you sent the tweet in our group message, just like, AOC, you know, got on Ted Cruz because he's trying to be buddy-buddy. She's like, nah, you just tried to kill me three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just, yeah. <laughs> so I can understand it, but at the same time, I, I thought it was... As they say, it's a battle won for a lost war, so to speak. Because, again, he only had seven days at that point. Um, and then, yeah, you, they can claim the victory. It's like, yeah, Donald Trump's the only president to be impeached twice. Uh, but that's all That's all the brownie parties he was going to get. It's yeah. just like the, the point that he was impeached twice. But it doesn't lead anywhere. Because even now, um, now that he's been impeached, it, it has to go to a Senate trial. And the thing about that is that that's going to hold up now Joe Biden because the Senate is the one that has to confirm his cabinet members. And uh, it came out a few days ago that they have delayed the trial to, uh, I think, 
mid February. Yeah. Uh, just to give the Senate enough time to um, confirm like Joe Biden's cabinet and get some uh, appointments out of the way. So, like I said, I saw it as a one battle for a lost war mm-hmm. on the Democrat side. So, uh, that was my thoughts on it. But, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if the public cares enough. Or if they do it or not. But you know what they do care about? They care about these stimulus checks. <laughs> That's what they're trying to see. That's what they we're not trying to hear about no Senate trial about Trump, about Orange Man. We're not trying to see about That's that. true. That's another thing. It's yeah. like the impeachment. Is it, is it that's what I was trying to ask you. Does it hold up that yeah, process? Yeah, it does hold up that process because um again, the Senate is constitutionally bound to rules of a uh impeachment trial Mm -hmm. but at the same time this is also historical first because this is the first time that a former president will have the trial in the senate uh so there's a lot of firsts that are happening um so people didn't really know it's just like well since it says in the constitution what to do for a sitting president but should we also do this for a former president right so uh they've already kind of broken um out of the norm because in a impeachment trial for a president, the chief justice is supposed to preside over it of the Supreme court, but they announced that he's not going to preside over this trial for Donald Trump. So, because he's like I said, a former president. So they've already kind of deviated from, um, what's outlined for them, but it's going to be interesting, but yeah, definitely the impeachment trial. If they hadn't delayed it, it was going to, uh, stall those stimulus talks and still even now uh, they're really trying to get through the confirmations uh, and the stimulus talk is on the back burner um, which is sad because a lot of people need relief yeah a lot of people do need it um, but they basically put that on the back burner to try to get uh, the confirmations uh, all said and done and outlined yeah my car know people won't stop calling me <laughs> <laughs> oh for real you say that I got I got Bills I gotta pay. No, for uh, real. I, I already got that plan out, so I, I need that. Um, I need that stimmy. Yeah, I, I, I see a, a lot of people. Like I, I know, a lot, I mean, we all know people that just need it. Uh, it's just it. The, the relief is necessary, but I'm really hoping if they do the, uh, it's probably gonna be too progressive for them because since we got a Democratic president in, we're gonna hear about the deficit more. But we really need. Um, you know, continue with stimulus monthly yeah, payments month, instead month of just one. One month is not. You know, not to be ungrateful. Fourteen hundred. Like I know someone in California, their rent is eighteen hundred. Yeah, so it, that's, it's gonna help. Like any, like if if you need fourteen hundred, fourteen hundred gonna help regardless. Yeah. Even if you don't need it to help, but a lot of people need more than that. You know, we need more relief, especially the people if you're going to people under you know, uh, the class of what seventy five thousand make a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just gotta 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 yeah, help. Yeah, if, if everything was set, went like if we had a strong Democratic majority in yeah. Congress, yeah. Uh, I know without a doubt. The original plan of two thousand a month plus two thousand three months after the pandemic was over that would be a thing. But like I said, we don't. We barely have uh, a majority in the House, and it's a fifty fifty Senate uh, tied Senate. So um, it always feels like we just this close. Well, yeah, it's it's always that's, that's, like it's this close. Even when because I was so happy about Osaf and Warnock winning, uh-huh. but then I was like. We still got that dude from West Virginia. We don't know if yeah. you, know, you know. We got a lot yeah, of people literally. that might not so, rock with us like that. Yeah, so the, the Senate is split 50-50, 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans. So if they all vote along party lines, uh, it's going to be a tie. But by the Constitution, the vice president, who is Kamala Harris, my girl, uh, she, is, she works a tie. And since she's a Democrat, that means technically uh, Democrats always have a 51-50 of pretty much vote but, but the thing about it is not all 50 of the democrats are all like solidly democrat there are some conservative a couple of conservative democrats in the senate who could sometimes lean republican so like i said based on perfection that is 50 50 all the time um will democrats always win so Literally, we're we're always close to the edge, but we're always just not quite there. Yeah, just just like ah, just wait next time. Then I tell the black people all the time, like ah, we're gonna get y'all next time. <laughs> we're gonna ah, just vote us in, get us in right here. We're gonna get you. I swear, we're gonna get you. <laughs> just wait next four years. <laughs> uh, so moving on from the second January onto the third January, mm-hmm. how did you feel about the inauguration? 
I thought it was great. I really liked uh, Jill Biden's outfit, but you know who stole the show? Michelle. Michelle. Michelle <laughs> did her thing, man. Like she, I think I can't even remember when she wore the Trump inauguration. She probably wrote, had her hair rolled up and all that. She didn't care. This inauguration, she came to stunt. She ah. said, "I was like, nah, man." But I thought it went well. I was so happy to see Kamala get inaugurated as our first black vice president. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really think that was important. Um, just seeing her with her niece and her kids, like, well, yeah, you know, you know how they go. But her niece, like, I thought that was an important picture of seeing like a young black uh, woman with her niece who could be the next generation. Yeah. Saying like, I can yeah. be that. I can be Kamala. Yeah, I future. can say that. I could be a vice president. We should have been had a woman president, mm-hmm. but you know. Seeing somebody like that, seeing that it was important, Joe Biden, you know, he, I think he did a good speech as far as like unity, and it was just good. It just felt, I felt relieved, like I, I finally shrugged my shoulders a little bit, like you know, it's like, yeah, it's so like I, finally it's over. Yeah, right. How did, how did you feel, Chris? I, I felt the same way. I, it was a sigh of relief. It was just like finally, it's just like something new, something fresh coming in. We like the orange menace is gone. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like it, it was really like it felt like a new day in America um, so again it was great seeing like with the former presidents like uh, believe it or not Trump has made Bush seem not that bad but I still remember it's everything so he did it's so crazy how that works that's how bad you gotta yeah. be to make Bush that, I mean that's just years, years um, Bill and Hillary were there of course Michelle and Obama Jimmy wasn't I think Jimmy's sick Jimmy Carter. Oh well, you know he's Jimmy Carter is like the oldest living president. He, I yes. think he's in his mid or late nineties. Yeah. Um, but yeah, due to health reasons, and then also he's fighting cancer. Yeah. Uh, due to his health reasons, he had to stay at home in Georgia. Uh, but he couldn't make it. But yeah, it was great seeing uh Bush, Clinton, the Obamas, um, the, all them there. Like I said, like you said, how did you feel about the performance? Uh, I like them except for I think to address the, the elephant in the room was like who booked J Lo. The thing is, if J Lo was just known as a singer, then yeah, her career wouldn't thing. But she's just not known as a singer. She's a you know dancer, yeah. movie, when, actress, and when was the last time she sung something? I don't know. I really she got Ashanti like for real, like so- <laughs> for real, like she she. That she's never impressed me as a singer, but this is the funny thing. I thought that was one of the better, one of the better times, better ways she sounded like, like at the inauguration. I, is that I, I've never listened to anything she's really like sung, so mm-hmm. I, I just know on my timeline, like when it came up to her, everybody was just like, "Where she come from? <laughs> Who booked her? Uh, why is she here?" No, her team. Her management team, they be working overtime because nobody asking for nobody's like, yeah, we need J Lo to sing. Yeah, because it's just her like team brings her there. That really is like, oh, we got J Lo. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about it, just like, no one's gonna be here anyway. Yeah, so like, it might as well. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was an odd choice. I thought that was gonna get like, you know, Biden is trying to push towards the. African American community. Yeah, he, I thought he was his, gonna get Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, his somebody, his, his big thing is like he really he really wants his administration and everything he do to reflect the makeup of America. Like um, just to go forward into what some of the things he does. He's he has like the most women. Mm-hmm. He has the most women of color. Um, like he uh, even has like I know for the White House briefings, um, they announced last week that they was putting like a sign language interpreter. For the briefing, so uh, deaf Americans can tune in and know what's going on and things like that. So yeah, he's really trying to be inclusive and reflect like the diversity and of America. Yeah. So I kudos to him. Uh, he's going off on the right foot. How do you um, feel about Joe Biden as a president? How do you is that? Am I skipping to go to the topic we're going to talk about? Or ah uh, nah. uh, I, I we can we can start on that. Um, Basically, I have the feeling like he's probably gonna be uh, Barack Obama part two a little bit. He's still gonna try. Like I know that's one criticism. He's he knows it's probably probably gonna happen. It's just like oh, it's just like the third term of Obama and stuff like that. But I feel like there are some things that he's gonna do to like define himself as his, his own person. Like yeah, 
because remember he was Brock's uh vice president. So it's just right. like, yeah, Barack would have did this, but I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like that's how he's gonna differentiate himself. Um so I I'm very optimistic about what he can do. I, I believe he can do it because again, uh the bar is not that high <laughs> coming from 45. So that's I true. got faith in 46 uh to get the job done. That's true, that's true. Um I'm optimistic. I was not he was not my first choice when it came to, you know, people. Yeah, he definitely was he not was, my, yeah, he was first. my first choice. Well, I don't, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know, shout out to KJ actually. Just throw that in there. KJ predicted this. I don't know when he predicted this, but he kept telling me Joe Biden's gonna be president. Joe Biden. We didn't know Joe was gonna be president to that South Carolina primary. Like if you re- if you remember, we he need to thank somebody down there. Honestly. But um Joe Biden as a president. I don't feel a strong sense of Joe Biden. I'm just more so happy the fact that we're back to normalcy. I'm back to what they say, yeah. boring politics. Boring politics. I don't want to hear about breaking news. Somebody Trump just wrote a water ski over the uh the cemetery. I don't want to <laughs> hear that no more. I want to hear normalcy. I want to hear about how you're gonna help me. I want to hear about like I want to be a you know a, a, a cause I care about is are you gonna take away my student loans? Are you gonna forgive me for this so I can you know get out of debt with certain things? Are you gonna um are, is the federal government gonna get into more of like uh, prosecuting cops for you know yeah. for killing unarmed black men? I'm into stuff like that. I'm not in. I don't. I. Not, I'm less than so the man. I will say I'm very happy for Joe Biden because I had to think about it. Joe Biden at the time was running against Obama in the primaries. You wasn't going to win against Obama at the time. It was like, oh, we got to get this black man. They actually said, it was close before, they said Joe Biden did not care for Obama at first, like before he asked him to be his running mate. He yeah. thought he was arrogant. He thought yeah. he didn't deserve yeah. it inexperienced. When he asked him, he was actually shocked when, he, when Obama asked uh, Joe Biden to be vice president. Mm-hmm. But he took it because his lifelong dream was to be president. Joe Biden was been in the government for a long, a long, long time. time. One of the longest. Running I was people. actually talking to someone at work uh, when Joe Biden became senator. Back, I think he became senator in nineteen seventy. See, but he was the youngest senator at yeah, the time. I think uh, KJ told me that. Yeah, yeah, I think he came in, and Joe Biden was, I think, uh, it, I think it was in his mid thirties. Yeah, he was. Uh, when he became senator, so he's been senator for a long time and in politics for a long time. So he's very experienced. Yeah, very seemed like a very genuine man. Um, one thing I say why Joe Biden really does work. Even though he's from Delaware, he has that Southern politician feel about yeah. like for for example, not to talk about anybody's favorite candidate, but for example, say if you was you had to get votes from a black church, you put mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders in there. Bernie can talk to people, but he's not gonna work the room. Yeah, he's you not. Know what he, I mean? yeah. Like they're gonna like <laughs> I, he's cool, he's nice. You know, Joe Joe put Joe in a uh, black church. He. He somebody's gonna, making he, him a cake. Yeah, he he's gonna make to it the work. Other house for red beans. He's like that is like yeah, that because, is real um, talk. Like he has a very southern politician feel. One of his nicknames and from Congress is the deal maker. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have faith in him. So going forward, I wish I wish the best for Joe Biden. And then down the line, we're gonna we're gonna see how it works out. But one so more, far, one more thing, I I we have to hold these people we put into office accountable more. Yes. As we get and understand more politics and see a lot more people our age, and we have to hold people more accountable. And we just have to just make sure they hold on to their promises, especially for us. And I, I think that's a very important thing. So, Joe Biden, I'm putting my trust in you, even though I know usually how this goes for black people, especially like me, <laughs> or people that's in minority companies, um, communities. But I'm just, we just have to hold these people accountable when they do wrong. But I'm holding, I'm optimistic, like you say, too, as well. But all right, well, just to wrap things up here. Uh, so at the end of every episode, one thing I would like to do is kind of like give like a big, uh, pretty much a did you know, um, fact at the end of the podcast. So since inauguration just wrapped up and we just uh dealt with that, so my fact is gonna be uh related to inauguration. So. Uh, my did you know fact was, did you know that the presidential inauguration used to not always be in January? It used to actually be in March and mid-March at that. Uh, it wasn't moved until January until uh, 1933 with FDR being the, the new president to take office in January. So the reason it was done 
for that was to reduce the lame duck period from the outgoing president into the incoming president. Um, so that's pretty crazy. Um, my did you know fact is, did you know there are more registered Democrats in Louisiana than Republicans? Last time Louisiana was blue was Bill Clinton ninety six, so that gives us hope. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that wraps it up for the first ever episode of Poll Talk. I hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for more. Yeah, I'm glad to got got to got glad I got to talk to you guys. Talk to you guys later. You can catch me on my social media is at Champagne Jarvie, and you can catch Chris says where and my. Instagram is the political king. Uh, we'll put our social media handles in the description. So stay tuned.